Hey friend, it's Damon Dubinsky here in New York City. Really excited for this Portfolio Career podcast episode with Nick Kegmana. As you may know, Nick was an earlier guest on the podcast during the summer of 2018. It is always a special treat to talk to Nick, and I'm so excited for you to enjoy it as well. Nick is regularly inspiring and encouraging others to find more purpose in their work and lives. As such, this is a really great follow-up episode on purpose to a recent episode with Lisa Wang. I was really excited to talk to Nick about Nick launching his new mastermind retreat in Spain in October called Go Beyond for social impact investors and entrepreneurs. More information can be found at gobeyond.global. In this episode, we also talk about brainstorming and the ideation phase behind this mastermind retreat. This process is really interesting and helpful as you are starting new projects for your portfolio career. Please note the audio quality is a little bit less than ideal here. It's my fault. Thank you so much for your patience. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. Really excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Nick. Cool. Well, welcome to Portfolio Career Podcast. Your host, David Nabinski, is here with Nick Kegmana. How's it going, Nick? Awesome. I'm so excited for round two. Thanks for all of your help in, in the beginning and, and here and, and in so many different ways. So Fantastic. Excited to be on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Nick, I know that you're in London, but if we were to go to an event tonight, how do you typically introduce yourself? Well, I guess it depends on the event, but overall, uh, what question would they be asking there? Yeah. I mean, it, if it's, let's say it's a, let's say it's a dinner series that you're hosting. Okay. I would say, uh, I don't love talking about what I do. I prefer talking about why I'm doing what I do, because I think so many people get caught up in the what, and, um, that is often not broad enough or deep enough actual explanation of, you know, why they're doing what they're doing. And, and I think purpose is so important to everything. So I would say that I'm a social impact entrepreneur that's working on helping a society that's beyond scarcity for every human and planet. Um, and how I'm doing that is by helping lead other leaders or empowering them for the ones that are doing more than just trying to make a profit, um, but are actually trying to have a positive impact on the world. Amazing. Um... A lot to talk about there, and it's very exciting to see, which I love is just the progress between you know our last podcast and, and now, and um, you've just been able to take your ideas and progress to the next level, and so maybe we could just dive right, right into um, the conference, the mastermind that you're hosting in Spain, and maybe talk to us a little bit about why you want to do that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, first of all, for the compliments and the kind words, you've always such a, a great support. And um, I mean, I've just seen that time and again with everyone within your community and network that you're just such an active giver. So always uh, such a pleasure talking to you, David, and, and uh, appreciate what you do for everyone, the little things as well as the big. On to the mastermind retreat that we're hosting in Tarifa, Spain in October. Uh, the mission of that is essentially to help bring together a small intimate group of impact startup leaders. And we're not differentiating between people that are on the startup side and the investors, because I think by that grouping, it's causing a lot of issues in 
the general startup community, we're looking to bring these people together with the understanding that, hey, everyone here is an incredible human. Uh, we're carefully curating and vetting the group to make sure that everyone that comes is not just a really strong business leader, but also has really strong value set and is very purpose driven with how they're building their companies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love the way that you describe impact, which has been something that we've been talking about for a while. And I love the way that it's broken down and um, beyond global site. And what I think is, you know, with portfolio career podcasts, it's really interesting how, you know, different ideas become side hustles to then projects to then companies, maybe walk, walk us through if they were at where you were called six to nine months ago of, I have an idea, I'm making a little bit of progress and then now I'm launching it. Maybe talk us through kind of the workshopping and brainstorming um, that got you to uh, where you are now. Well, uh, I guess this is kind of the progression of years of, of thinking and work, um, looking at, at launching and um, the Mastermind Retreat is just sort of an MVP or test for us to, to put out an initial product and start working on our messaging and every thing else, our value proposition to, um, to see if it's resonating with our target market and if people believe what we believe in terms of it providing value to them. Um, but really, so much of it is just a, a progression of things I've been working on for the last few years. Um, and the journey has been, <laughs> as you know from having been in the startup space, it's, it's definitely not a smooth, easy thing all the time. There's been a ton of doubt, a ton of you know, ups and downs, some really exhilarating, exciting moments, some incredible progress, and then some setbacks some challenges. Um, you know, having been in the startup space for about seven years now, personally, and my co-founder has been in it a little bit longer. He's uh, about 10 years older than me. So it's just been a real fascinating journey where you feel like you should know um, the journey you're going on from an emotional perspective, from a psychological perspective, from a, a fear perspective, because um, you've been on it before. And yet, even knowing it and recognizing it, um, definitely have found like, hey, we're still going on this, which is, which is quite interesting. And hopefully we're able to sort of recognize when we're having some of the more uh, destructive thought patterns and behavior patterns that, that entrepreneurs can often get caught in. Like there's some really interesting statistics that are a core reason as to why we think the value of community is so high um, for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are, 10 times more likely to have suffered from a mental health issue at some stage in their life than the average person. It's at about 70% of entrepreneurs that have some form of mental health issue or other. And um, so the journey we've kind of gone on is like, there's been a lot of time in the, spent in the ideation phase. You've just, I saw you just read The Dip. I read The Dip. I thought it was one of the first books that was recommended for me to read back when I started my startup career about seven years ago in my mid twenties. And definitely, like, there was times where it kind of felt like we were at the dip. And there was a lot of self-doubt. And, and uh, there was a moment, actually, back in February when I, had, I was struggling to figure out how to, um, what sort of business model. Like, I had a great idea of, of where I wanted to be sort of in five years and, and the, the business model at, at 100 but I was struggling to figure out what the zero to one was going to be and what the, what the 10 would be. And then what the 10 to 100 would be. I just knew what the hundred would be. Um, 
and I was telling myself and people were asking, how's it going? You know, I know you're working on creating a new thing. How's that going? And I would keep telling them, Hey, you know, I'm like struggling to crack this. I'm struggling to crack this. I'm not figuring it out. And then eventually one day I realized like, wait, you're having, you're struggling to figure this out partially because you have this narrative where you're telling yourself and everyone else that you're struggling to figure this out. So of course you're struggling to figure this out. And just with that realization, managed to reprogram my brain and, and really instantaneously sort of reset my narrative and be like, okay, you're in the ideation phase of your startup. You've been in this phase before with other people working on companies and you have processes and workflows that you've implemented before, which have had success and actually taking you, you through a journey of ending up with what you want to create as MVP. So the next day launched into that and really started ideating complete change of narrative, complete change of mindset and started following frameworks and, and, and processes that I've done before to actually figure out, okay, cool. Got the, you know, got the vision long-term down. What are some viable tests and running through what different business models would be that we could test, you know, um, rating them in terms of how much work would they take to test? How much capital would they take to test? How scalable are they? How would they lead into other things? And so sort of putting together a, a few of them on a sort of product roadmap and be like, okay, cool. So if we start with this, here's the test we can do. Um, here are some metrics that we could set as trigger points to initiate the next phase. And then eventually going to designing the initial MVP that we're going to do, which is the mastermind retreat that we're running in a few weeks. And also went through the process of vetting a couple different co-founders. So almost moved forward with one. And then sort of at the late stage, we were diving deep into the conversations I think co-founders should have, but many of them don't have. Um, because co-founding company is such an intimate thing. It's, you're essentially getting married professionally, right? You're going to have a massive financial um, implication, you know, or a massive uh, influence over each other's financial success, over their personal life, over their the, the rest of their life, really. And, and so, yeah, we were diving deep into those conversations and sort of recognize, okay, actually, now is not a good time for us to, to work together. It's not a good fit. So, went from having one problem co-founder to to be working on this on my own again, to actually um, with a, one of my good friends for a couple of years, start talking about working together. And, and we've now been going through that process for the last couple of months. And that's another reason why we have a, a MVP that's a standalone product that can offer a ton of value to people with, if we don't do anything further. Hmm. So a lot of different components there that I think are super valuable. Um, so what I heard was, changing the story. I heard putting out different ideas and analyzing them and putting numbers related to launchability, capital, kind of business model, ideation, kind of launching brainstorming sessions. I heard co-founding relationship discussions, and then I heard standalone product. I'd love to, maybe we could start off with the first one that you mentioned, which was around the narrative and the stories that we tell ourselves. Maybe, can you, can you unpack the, the shift, the, 
how you were able to turn it around a little bit? And is this a practice that you continue to do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, so I've studied a lot of positive psychology and, and, and happiness, the science behind happiness, neurochemistry. Um, you know, I've been really fortunate with um, my background, having been a very competitive high-level athlete and um, martial artist, where there is a lot of focus on your mindset, right? And understanding um, that your perception shapes your reality. And um, it's absolutely something that I still work on on probably almost a daily basis, if not daily. Um, and it's something that, you know, I'm constantly trying to check in on and um, recognize are my self-narratives. You know, we all have self-limiting beliefs. We all have self-limiting narratives. And so it's trying to recognize when you're doing it, catch yourself, and then understand how you want to reframe that narrative and then to me like I really struggle to sell something that I don't believe in um, but if I really believe in something then I tend to be really good at selling it um, and a lot of it believing in something is the narrative you're telling yourself about it so um, definitely don't lie to yourself but we all suffer from imposter syndrome right we all have doubts and insecurities and and our traumas and <laughs> different triggers that, and bullshit from our past, our childhood, and that will come in and affect us. And I think, um, you know, one thing that, that I've really realized working within the startup space and um, doing a lot of self-work is business is so incredibly personal. Um, and it should be. And so without recognizing my own narratives, and I'll never, like, I can't frame a business pitch without understanding how that affects me within my own mind. Mm -hmm. And do you think that knowing that that's the case, do you think that's another reason why you encourage other people to organize uh, dinners, um, always find to be around other people? Um, do you think there's some kind of connection between, you know, improving self-talk with being a leader and organizing um, that could be helpful for people? So I think whether or not you're the one that organizes it and the leader of it, um, each of us have our different strengths, right? And that's something that I'm really good at, something I really enjoy doing, bringing people together. Something I realized really early on in my career, I was a huge believer in, the, in this, um, saying you are the average of the five people that are closest to you. And... Um, I really believe that's true. And I think that surrounding yourself, being very intentional and disciplined um, with the people that you surround yourself with is absolutely critical to uh, the narratives that you tell yourself. And I'm super fortunate that I have an incredible girlfriend who is really very self-aware and, and, and very good at this stuff. And so she'll help me recognize a ton of the time when I'm having a self-limiting belief or I'm having a narrative that is weak or not in my best self-interest. And, and it's the same with my co-founder, my business partner. So um, having those two people as the two people that have the most influence on me professionally right now has been just a massive game changer for me. That's just, yeah, 
the people you surround yourself with, having a community of, of other people that are super self-aware, that are understanding of these things, that are intentional, that are trying to address this, uh, just massive positive benefit. Yeah, 100%. And I'm, I'm really grateful for you always hosting dinners, organizing parties, events, and just great conversations. So uh, I, I really appreciate that. For sure. I love having you as part of them. You always contribute so much. So um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about this idea, the kind of the framework that you had with, all right, I have a bunch of ideas. I have a bunch of different things that I could launch. And and then till now where you have this standalone product, can you maybe just talk a little bit more about that exercise um, or just some examples of, or go in a little bit more detail about how you decided to do the mastermind in Spain and um, some of the calculations and things like that that you did? Yeah, absolutely. So um, over the last 12 months, I've organized two other trips um, and both times had about 10 you know, really amazing, good friends fly in from around the world. Um, uh, it was so much of the reasoning behind us doing this as a um, retreat, a destination-based retreat, is due to a lot of uh, the learning science, where being taken out of your normal uh, environment and put in a very specific environment is so valuable and it really um, it means that your brain has to be in a learning um, state because none of your norms are there like uh, like travel has been shown to be so valuable for growth um, and also relationship development that's another really critical reason for us doing it in a remote location rather than in a city where most people are based like for example doing it in new york city um, they've actually shown that relationships form faster when you're traveling with someone because your brain is having to create new neural pathways. A lot of people don't understand why travel is so tiring and it's like really basic things. Like you don't know how to catch the public transportation system. You have to think about it. That means your brain has to form new memories, new neural pathways. It can't just go back to its subconscious mind where a lot of that, that, um, knowledge like for you to travel within New York is super easy. You know your routes, you just to the subway station, then once you jump on the subway, it's super easy. You know, if you go to France, you even know how to ask where the toilet is, right? And so you have to think so much more. And putting yourself into that state uh, allows you to form um, new thought patterns, new neural pathways, and is much more conducive to growth. Now, learning together is a really strong relationship development um, tool. Having an experience together is a really strong relationship development tool. Being vulnerable together is another really strong relationship development tool. Uh, Being uncomfortable, being a little scared is also really valuable. So the way we've structured the retreat is to uh, do a bunch of learning exercises that are going to be really challenging for people, going to help them pull their knowledge and capability from within and from each other. Um, And then in the afternoons, we're going to go get active. We're going to do some really fun activities, whether it's kite surfing, mountain biking, um, hiking, et cetera, which is going to further, you know, put them outside their comfort zone in a different level. Um, 
but also take them out of their conscious brain and allow their subconscious brain to be working on the stuff that they've been working on consciously in the mornings, which is super important for allowing yourself to have mindset shifts and everything like that. Um, and then we're going to bring them back together for more reflective and discussion over dinners. So everything's sort of been designed around a lot of the science that shows how people can grow, the, the best help people grow and best help people form deep relationships. Um, and then of course we're going to add, you know me, you've, uh, you've spent enough time with me to know that uh, I like to have fun with uh, being productive while having fun is uh, the way I like to live. So there'll be a good dose of uh, fun things tossed in there. Amazing. Yeah. There's so many different components there in terms of learning, experiencing, developing, strengthening, and having fun. Yeah. I think uh, uh, it's like the perfect event for you. <laughs> you know, a lot of times people will say like, build the product or build the company that you want to see in the world or that you would like to do. And that's what you're doing, right? You know, you've been traveling for so long and I've uh, been encouraging travel and bringing people together. So this just seems like the pinnacle of being so Nick. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, like really the, the three, like people are asking for the value of coming in. It's like, cool. There's three things that we can, really um comfortably you know i hate overselling um so i always try to undersell and over deliver um and the three things i can really promise people is one you're gonna have some pretty significant growth that will allow you to be a better professional leader but also a better impact professional two um you're gonna form some really deep relationships with some really great people that hopefully will last for years if not the rest of your life um and three you're gonna have a ton of fun boom um those three. And Nick, I love the way on your website of how now the focus on impact is also around a person's quality of life within their community and their friends. And and I just would love to learn a little bit more. So I guess, I mean, the quality of impact equaling quality of life, improving quality of life was sort of something that I, I came up with after uh, sort of having the realization that so much of our economy is built around dopamine, um, which is the neurochemical that is essentially tied to pleasure. That's just a short-term fleeting emotion. And, you know, while it's got its place and can be super positive and, and, and good, um, it causes a ton of very short-term beneficial behavior that is often very negative in the long term. And I think it'd be much healthier to have an economy tied to economy and therefore society tied to serotonin and oxytocin, which are serotonin is generally thought of as the, uh, the happiness uh, neurochemical, but uh, it's actually having a really interesting conversation with a neurogeneticist friend. Um, and something he said was that serotonin is actually the significance uh, neurochemical. And having spent a lot of time researching and learning about positive psychology and happiness and how to increase your happiness, how to change your lifestyle to be happier. One of the things I actually wrote a blog post on this a few years ago, which is saying, you know, the most selfish thing you can do is actually to be unselfish. Giving is more selfish for the giver than the receiver, which is a beautiful thing, right? And so if we actually train people around that, Right? The happiest people I know are huge givers. Those are the people that I love surrounding myself with and, and building a community of. 
because when everyone's trying to give to each other, it just creates such a positive, loving, safe, trusting, um, just a, a beautiful community. And that's how I think if we shaped, reshaped our society that way, it would be so much more positive uh, because then you're not trying to take from people when you do business, you're trying to give to them and then they want to give back to you. And, you know, you still need to obviously have financial structures to make things viable and scalable and, and, and sustainable financially and everything like that, which is totally fine and great. It's just, we need to pay things or reshape things. Um, and you can look at things in the micro for that as well as the macro. Uh, if you look at it with your relationships and you realize, Hey, it's actually, you know, I should be trying to help people as much as possible. That's going to make me really happy. You're going to start seeing that you have way better friendships, way better family relationships, way better romantic relationships, way better professional relationships. And yeah, it's something that, that can, that can really benefit both the micro and the macro. Micro on the macro, serotonin versus dopamine. Yeah. Being a giver and going a little bit deeper on being a giver. Um, in our, our prior podcast, you talked a lot about how doing multiple things is can be part of, uh, is helpful for somebody's personal brand. Um, and clearly in the Portfolio Career Podcast, it's about doing multiple things, having multiple interests, and just being able to put it together around you know, yourself and different communities and things and just kind of taking ownership of, of the things that you're doing. Um, any additional thoughts on, on that in terms of doing multiple things and how that can be helpful to um, build and grow your career? Yeah. So um, actually a lot of uh, a new framework that um, JP introduced me to is, is the divergent conversion diamond um, matrix where you go wide then you go narrow again or you know you sort of go apart and you go together again and when i look back at a lot of like what i've done over the last few years it's kind of unintentionally been a case of that where i've been working on multiple things but they all kind of had the same sort of value set the same sort of rough goal and now i'm starting to pull them back together so i feel like a lot of your life and your career should be somewhat cyclical and so perhaps you know for the last couple of years the last five years or so it was it was super valuable for me to be working on so many different things it taught me a much broader skill set maybe understand things maybe be able to understand big picture much better now i'm getting to a phase where i'm looking to to narrow down and focus a little more but even so i'm still going to be divergent with the things i'm doing where if i you know, if we continue building momentum with this and, and it's able to be the full-time focus that I have for the next, you know, foreseeable future, the next few years, even say with the next five years, there's still five different things that could probably be considered, you know, a full-time job that I'll have to do in terms of, you know, in the company's best interest for me to start becoming a thought leader and to have more public presence. So then it's, okay, then I have to develop myself as a public speaker you know, potentially as a blogger um, or podcaster, or then I have to develop myself as potentially if I help raise capital, then I have to be developing myself as a fundraiser. And it's, I think the, uh, the broad 
number of projects and, and things I've worked on over the last few years, so much of it was to prepare myself to be ready to be the best co-founder of a startup that I could be. Um, and I think I talked to you about that in my last podcast, right? Where it's like, hey, everything I'm doing is kind of, it's got this end goal in mind. And a lot of it is sort of based around, okay, where do I see I have a weakness right now? Let's go do something to address that. And I'm now at the stage where I'm co-founding something and hoping that previous work I've done over the last few years um, has prepared me for it as well as as possible. And I'm probably gonna realize a whole bunch of new weaknesses that I have and, or not maybe not weaknesses, but maybe strengths that I wanna develop. Let's just say areas that I need to focus on me to get to my next goal, which is to be going from the co-founder of an ideation phase startup to be you know, the co-founder of a financially sustainable, you know, an actual working startup. <laughs> right, right. A business. Exactly. A business. Hmm. Well, what's the, what was the name of that? Divergent and Convergent Diamond Model? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and for those that are listening, JP is uh, your co-founder on... James Potton on, on Go Beyond. Perfect. Um, Nick, and I know you've had, as somebody that's organized a ton of dinners and a ton of conversations with a lot of inspiring people, any, any additional thoughts on, uh, developing one's career, uh, taking ownership of one's life, the value of community projects, any, anything else that you'd like to talk about on those topics? You know, I'm a huge fan of purpose. And I think most people are, they don't put in the work to really figure out that purpose. Um, and so, I mean, I keep, I keep thinking about that Alice in Wonderland line where she meets a Mad Hatter, I believe it is. And um, she asks, they're, they're at the fork in the road, and she asks, oh, which way should I go? And he asks her, well, where do you want to go? And she says, I don't know. And then he answers, well, it doesn't particularly matter that. Um, so I think a lot of people, and, and this is speaking more about the more privileged people in the world who have the luxury of not needing to just focus on survival. So let's, let's clarify you know, that, that right away. I think purpose is a very uh, privileged thing to have. And I come from a ton of privilege, and I will 100% you know, recognize that. So I'm not talking about, you know, someone who's a farmer in Thailand or something like that, right? They don't have a bandwidth to think about what's their purpose in life, where do they want to go? But for those of us that are in the first world, that are probably amongst the top 1%, maybe 5% worlds in terms of wealth, it's, it's putting the time to figure out where you want to go. Because otherwise, you know, you're, you're, you might be doing all this development, but you're doing it on stuff that may not matter to you. And so if you can be intentional with it, then you can go and do a bunch of different things. And if you understand why you're doing them, at least to a decent extent, maybe not 100%, that can allow you to really uh, eventually pull it all together. Again, that diverge convergent model, right? Pull it all together to then be able to help you get to the next stage. Beautiful. All right, Nick. Um, I'm so grateful for our time here and really excited for Mastermind in Spain. Can you please let 
listeners know where they can, how they can learn more about the mastermind and, and the many, uh, and what else you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. You can find out more about uh, not just the mastermind, but the, the bigger vision that we have at gobeyond.global. Otherwise, you can find me at kengmana.com. That's K-E-N-G-M-A-N-A.com. Or I'm the only Nick Kingmana in the world. So if you search my name on any of the social platforms, you can find me pretty easily. Amazing. Thank you so much, Nick. Really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Dave. Uh, hope you have an amazing weekend, brother. Thanks. You too. Hey, friend. This episode with Timestamp Notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. I'm really excited for you to learn from this episode and would love to hear any thoughts from you and continue the conversation where I post this episode on many different social channels. Please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast for my weekly Portfolio Career Podcast show and really excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.